Hi guys, and welcome back to You Tuned In. Uh, During a difficult season of my life, I had a friend tell me that deliverance may be a slow-moving train sometimes, but it never stops moving. So starting to take ownership of our authenticity can be daunting when we explore all the areas and dark crevices that need our attention, but the key is to just keep moving. So let's keep moving. This week's episode is about conflict resolution. So let's dive in to how we can have better relationships. Now, this is called conflict resolution for a reason. It's not called conflict replacement. So much of the time in our relationships whether romantic or otherwise, we don't actually bring our issues to a resolution. There's no close or resolve, so it actually just gets moved to a different category or to a different place. And this is problematic because it's still taking up space. (laughs) You just simply moved it. View every relationship you have like a 20-foot moving truck. With every every friendship, every every single relationship you have, view it as a 20-foot moving truck. Now, if you look at one of those, you might be like, oh, well, that's huge. That's cool. I can do that. But depending on how long it's been since you had your last big move, you might notice that you've accumulated enough stuff that you didn't realize. And now you got to figure out where to put all this stuff and what can go with you and what ends up having to stay. And our relationships, whether we like it or not, are just like that. They only have so much space. And this is because we're humans. And humans have limits. No matter how much you care about somebody or, or how you got started or how good things were in the beginning, we're humans. And humans have limits. So every single conflict that you don't resolve has to go in the truck. And when the truck is full, the truck is full. And everything else has to stay. I don't care what it is. All the good stuff. All the, the nice, uh, the nice uh, china cabinet with all the great dishes. The nice TV stand. Whatever it is that you get. All the stuff has to stay. Everything that you want to move with you in the new house. It can't go. Because too much stuff is in there already. And the one thing that doesn't get pulled out. Is conflict that you haven't resolved. Because that's not your option. You don't, get, you don't have the option to pull that out. Your brain and your body and your mind, they're going to store those. If you don't deal with them, they're going to store them either way. And so all the other good stuff has no place in the truck. And we feel like it behooves us sometimes to not see things to the very end, to its resolution. And this is because we're afraid of what it's going to take in the middle to make that a possibility. We don't like the process. We want to avoid any discomfort. But in reality, all we did was trade the discomfort for a discomfort that will manifest itself in a different way at a different day. You might feel like that by not being honest or true about that specific conflict and how it's still on your heart. There's still some stuff there. You said you let it go, but you maybe really didn't. Or maybe you're the person that that is holding back something. 
Maybe you guys had this conversation and in that conversation, you told a half truth. You didn't want to go through the nitty gritty of what all that was there. And so maybe you told a half truth. There's a part of you that's still held back. They may not notice it right up front, but you'll notice it. It'll cause a gap. Then that gap will be noticeable. And it's going to manifest itself in a different place or a different time. You just traded conflicts. You just traded discomforts. That's all that happened. I remember whenever I was younger, uh, we had my mom, she, she raised four of us. I'm the youngest of four children. And we had days for each task. And, and Saturday was laundry day. As a mother of four children, you got to have systems in place to keep on, keep on top of things, man. So we had this, we had a system in place where mom would do all of our laundry. She did all the, the washing, drying, everything. Our only mission was to fold the laundry and put it away. And this thing happened every Saturday. It wasn't like it was not something that we should have known about. Well, mom had folded and mom had done laundry all that day. And we really didn't stay on top of it. Four people, there's a lot to stay on top of. We didn't stay on top of it that whole day. We lollygagged, we played around, we messed around. And she kept saying, hey, come get this laundry folded, come get this laundry folded, etc." Now, um, before the world decided that any sort of spanking of children were, was the worst thing that could ever possibly happen, uh, whoopings were common, especially where I grew up at. <laughs> so as the night drew close, and mom told us as we were kind of winding down and, and losing our energy, she said, I've been telling you guys all day, fold this laundry. So now I'm getting ready to go to sleep. But you guys better not go to sleep until you fold that laundry. If you do, if you go to sleep without folding this laundry, then I'm going to wake you up in the morning with a whooping. Well, we set out on our journey, she went to sleep, and we set out on our task to fold in clothes. Now, I remember this with perfect clarity. My sister Kelly will tell you different, but I remember this with perfect clarity. I was up folding laundry and I was watching my siblings fold laundry and we were all very tired, but my brother went to sleep. It looked a lot like to me that he just kind of went to sleep, but he fell asleep. I don't know if it was a choice or not, but he goes to sleep. And as he goes to sleep, I cannot tell you who was the next person. I feel like it was Carla. Uh, she went to sleep after him. And mind you, I don't even think we're close to getting this laundry done. We put a little bit of din in it, but we're not close. And upon watching those two go to sleep, I remember saying to myself, I cannot be expected to do all of this laundry by myself. So I don't know if it was me or Kelly that went next, but I made an active choice to go to sleep. This active choice I made was like, there's no way mom's gonna be mad at me. I'm just simply going to tell her of the situation that transpired and let her know that I went to sleep. Well, after I went to sleep, I was woken up to the sound, <laughs> uh, the unpleasant sound of somebody getting this, uh, a whooping. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, it has begun. And the very real uh, terror and discomfort that I had knowing that, man, this was promised to each of us. Now, everybody kind of went one by one. But when it was Kelly's turn, she campaigned and petitioned my mother about why she shouldn't be whooping her. Obviously, we all got a spanking that day. 
But the reason that I mention this is because this conflict arose from not dealing with our garbage and it morphed twice into less desirable situations. We had opportunity all day to not be in the situation we were in at night. From the outside looking in, you can look at this story and you can and you can arrive at a lot of different places. But if you're honest, if you take a second to be honest and be authentic, you can say, really, the truth is, is that we'd never had to be in the situation, despite how difficult that it, that it was. If we would have done what we knew to do at the beginning, the laundry would have been done. We all would have went to bed at the same time. But because we didn't deal with it, there was laundry to do at night. Now, yet again, we had another opportunity to get it right. We could have communicated with one another and said, man, I'm very tired. Honestly, I don't know if I can stay up. Let's do this. Let's work in shifts. Maybe this person stays up while we fold and then we'll go in circles. Who knows? There were so many ways where we could have skinned that cat. But there was no conversation or communication about it. People just started making decisions based on what they had in that moment. And so the situation morphed yet again to where there's only a couple of us up. Manpower's down and now it seems impossible. So we make the choice to go to sleep. And then finally, at the end of it, the explosion. Relationship ruined. Obviously, our relationship is, was never at stake. But the concept is that the one thing we did not want to have happen, happened. Because we did not deal with things in a honest and communicative way. This was all made, po made possible by the lack of honest communication. And this thing happens in our relationships all the time. Romantic relationships with people that we love and we don't want that to ever break. It breaks. Friendships that started out with such camaraderie, with such closeness and joy, they fizzle, they fall apart, they break down. Family relationships, your very own flesh and blood, they deteriorate, they break down. If communication is clear and honest, I truly believe that anything can be overcome. Sometimes to overcome something doesn't mean that you still have a relationship at the end of the conflict resolution, though. Right? Sometimes you have resolved the conflict and in your process of doing that, you've realized that this relationship is no longer viable. We can't sustain it. But what it can mean is that you don't have to carry around heavy emotions or stress from things that you never responded to while you were in that relationship. But obviously that isn't the goal, right? The goal is that every person that we love and that we're close to, that we have the tools and the trust and security to make that the best possible version of that relationship for all parties involved. But as we approach, as we approach communication in relationships, I think it's important to understand that we don't all speak the same language. Communication is, is not so much about what you say, but what you heard. You are only as effective as your ability to be understood, right? Effort isn't always the culprit. Try going to a country that doesn't speak a language that you understand and just sitting there and shouting at them as hard as you can in English. <laughs> you will realize pretty quickly that it doesn't matter how much passion or effort you put into it. You just don't understand each other. And that is where our network comes in. And the form of mediators or, or mentors or people that care about us or care about life that have sailed these voyages before us and know kind of what to do and how to do it.
this is um there's a story that is kind of disturbing but for me i feel like it highlights the reason why a lot of our relationships in this generation are so poor um but I, i'll try i'll try not to get too deep into it but there's there's a a lady uh, named kitty in in the 1960s there's a lady named kitty and she was a 28 year old woman and uh she was murdered in front of 38 witnesses in front of 38 witnesses I don't want to be too graphic, but I feel like this illustration needs a little bit of context. So she she's uh, I want to say she's like a bartender or a waitress or something. And she and she gets home from work one day. And as she's walking to the house from her car, she sees this man across the parking lot. And he's obviously sketchy. So she starts trying to to turn the other way and go to a. A payphone, a booth. She was going to call the police. And on her way to there, to that booth, the man was able to attack and stab her. And she screams out. And in her scream, she calls out to, to that she's being stabbed. And over the next 30 minutes, he's able to stab her two more times. Now, during this, 38 people from her neighborhood opened their windows turned on their lights, and some even interacted with her verbally. Interacted with them. Hey, leave that girl alone. Knock that off. All these different things, they say. But no one called the police. Isn't that wild? No one called the police. It took a half hour and three stabs to take this woman's life and 38 people watching and the police were not called. And in the next couple of days, they kind of go through this investigation and they find the guy. And, and then they start interviewing the people that were witnesses. A guy eventually calls in as a witness and they start interviewing people. And the first witness they interviewed, he was you know, visibly shaken up and skittish. And they asked him, why didn't you call at the moment? And he said, I, I didn't want to get involved. And they ended up interviewing all 38 of these people that said that they had witnessed the situation. And the overall consensus was that people didn't want to get involved. I'm mentioning this because I want to show the nature of humans. And I want to show why it's important for us to be the change. Because the truth about why many of our relationships, romantic and otherwise, are so unfulfilling is because most of us did not have a good picture of what this should look like. I'm not trying to shift blame or, or anything. On, I don't believe that everything that happens in my life is the responsibility of my predecessors or somebody before me. But the, the facts are the facts. Uh, if you do not have a good picture for how relationships should look and how to interact within them, if you add the layers of inauthenticity that the technological revolution and that progression in general has brought to us, it's, it's almost like you're dead in the water unless you figure out how to connect with people that were successful before you. Most of us did not have a good picture of what this should look like. And then as we began to have struggles of our own in relationships and in marriages and in friendships and in family ships, 
those that have sailed this voyage before us didn't want to get in the pit with us as we started having our own struggles. And we've talked about this in episodes before. There's many reasons why people don't want to get in the pit with us, but the most of it is they don't want to get involved. There was one lady in that in that uh, account with, with what happened with Kitty and how she died. There was one lady that said, I told my husband I did not want him getting involved. He got ready to call. She didn't want him getting involved. Too much exposure. Sometimes we lie about ourselves and about the relationships and the struggles and things like that that we've had in the past because there's too much exposure. We don't want to be viewed in a certain light. We don't want the time drain, the time suck that will that it would be to be beneficial to somebody else. And so a lot of times that's what people have handed us. But with that being said, again, we are accountable for our own success. With that being said, we cannot change the past. So it is up to us to make a conscious and a concerted effort to be authentic enough about the struggles we've had in our own relationships and that we have in our own character that if someone is needing help, they feel both understood and safe enough to come to us without judgment. And we can start healing things together as a collective whole. We can start having better conversations, more real conversations that are tangible. We can start pointing to the heart of an issue and we can start dealing with the conflicts that we have so that our relationships are more whole and full and real. We can stop trying to pretend for the people that are watching us on Instagram or on social media that our relationship is so much better than their relationship when in reality, we haven't talked to that other person in three days. We can put down the weapons in our own relationship. We can put down the guns and stop pointing them at each other because we've been just sitting there storing up things from the last bad thing that the other person did. We can do that as a generation. We can do that. This is going to be a two-part series. (laughs) As you can tell, this is kind of becoming a theme. Some of these things we just can't cover um, in the amount of time where our attention spans will go to, but... I just feel like that we could we can do better and we will do better. And in part two of conflict resolution, we're going to deep dive into what that looks like in transaction and how we can be there for one another, uh, not just as insiders of the relationship, but from the outside of the relationship as well. I feel like this is something that if we approach it together, this can be the start of a healing point in our generation. And don't think that just because you're one person that you can't make a difference. You can. It just has to start with you. Once again, thanks for tuning in. Talk to you guys soon.